This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we got a full spoiler review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Geek boner. Plus updates on phase five and the future of the MCU from the head AI robot in charge. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, February 20th, 2023. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried and you're listening to the Jock and nerd podcast why i don't know check check one all right this is roy fans out there let's give it up Yeah, hi, old listener. How you doing? What's up? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. Also joining us, uh, a dude with a big giant head and small baby arms and legs. We call him Modork, but you can call him Rug Boy. <laughs> <laughs> No dick. So lame. Lame. <laughs> we call him no dick. Yeah. <laughs> Modor. Yeah, I like it. That came to me like just minutes before. I was like, oh, it writes itself. How's everybody doing? Welcome. We got a lot of great stuff to geek out about this week. All Marvel talk this week. All MCU talk. Uh, let's get started. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. We saw the title. We are going to review... The newest MCU movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, later in the second half of the show. But to begin in our new segment, I wanted to discuss this lengthy uh, Entertainment Weekly interview with the one Kevin Feige. Feige? Feige? Whatever his name is. The computer or the actual the person? AI, I don't know. It's a good, it's, is that two okay. different people? I don't know. Have we seen them? It's possible. A uh, lot, uh, lot of interesting uh, information given about Phase 5. But also a lot of kind of weird and vague answers too. So it was a very interesting read. Did you guys read any of this? Or no? I did, oh, yes. oh, you did. Anthony did. Okay, yes. let's start with um, the state of the Disney Plus shows, uh, and uh, specifically the production uh, of the shows and the amount of shows they've given us. As we all know, we just went through Phase Four, and it had. 18, 19 things. More content in phase four than like the first three phases combined. Rapid Is fire. That 19, really? Something, some kind of crazy number like that. Wow. And I'll count it real quick while you In talk. about a year and a half. And wow. wow, it was a lot. It was a lot. It kept coming. So, uh, Fiji has mentioned that they are going to slow down the production and space them out and do fewer shows. Here's his quote from the interview. Quote, I do think one of the powerful aspects of being at Marvel Studios is having these films and shows hit the zeitgeist. It's harder to hit the zeitgeist when there's so much product out there, so much content, uh, but we want Marvel Studios and the MCU projects to really stand out. So people will see that as we get further. 18, 18 things. If you count, I am Groot. I, I'm that's a lot. Wow, that's, that's a lot. That's crazy. So he says people will see that as we get further into phase five and six, the pace at which we're putting out the Disney Plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine. I think this is smart. I, I, I'm i all in. I agree with this. 
that paragraph has something where he says something, uh, the quiet part out loud. Yes. Which is, he says he doesn't like the word content, but would rather use the word product. Uh, that is interesting. So what, that what is, is it? Like content is a better word than product, I would think. Product is so much of a cold corporate word. Yeah. So how corporate is he getting? And I think this is also part of like Bob Iger coming back and trying to cut costs. But look, with 18 things out, I wanted to rewatch a lot of these things. And and it's just like I have a hard time finding the time. There's so much shit. And I feel like the the shows and the movies didn't get a chance to breathe and ma- probably making it less special. Do you think this is a good move moving forward, Anthony? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think what happened here was. Disney Plus and um, Bob Chapek and Bob Iger a little bit too got a little ahead of themselves in terms of they needed to fill content for Disney Plus and they kind of pushed Marvel to just green light every show possible yeah. and thought that the opportunity to have every you know a Marvel thing on almost every week would be good for weekly conversation when in fact it kind of just flooded the market so much that nothing was impacting as much so I, I agree i think this is the right move hopefully they stick to it right now all i'm seeing as far as disney shows is secret invasion and loki I, yeah potential i think that's probably the only two shows we're gonna get this year and they might do agatha coven of Co- to chaos in late 2023 but everything else is a tbd right now yeah so. no they shouldn't they should push that back we are getting three movies right so that's five things I think four to five things spread out over the year is a perfect pace. Uh, and not even six. I would go with six. Maybe six, but clearly not 18 in a year and a half. Like, there's no way Fiji was supervising all the shit coming out, right? You're going right. to lose some of uh, the over overlook and the, the supervi- supervisation. Is that a word? From Fiji. <laughs> Supervision. Supervision. Well, they need <laughs> quality control. That's yes. the, uh, yeah. the operative word is that there's too many things to manage and it gets away from you and you can't really have your hand in it as much. So if you're looking to create a cohesive world where everything kind of rhymes, uh, it's not going to happen if you have too much stuff. Yep. So, um, it, yeah, as far as five or six things a year, I think that's that's more than reasonable, but... The thing is that they tried to do too many individual short projects yeah. instead of, let's say they did a longer, uh, a longer series yeah. like that with more episodes that you can do one series one. Let's say because all you really need, like if you see HBO with Game of Thrones, like you need, just need a one or two really good series that pay, like you have Game of Thrones throughout the the fall and then and and then in the winter you had. The Last of Us, you know, the last all of the winter, yeah, you know, so like it's like to one every other season. Yeah. So it's like if you could do something that isn't over in like two months, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, I agree. I think to add on to that, and we've said this before, but I think it bears repeating. I don't think six episodes was the right amount in terms of if you're going to do hour long because that's too six, short. Yeah. It was either too short or just like stretched out and then like it, the the same problem I kept seeing for a lot of the shows was it start off nice. Like the, the first couple of episodes would be all right. The middle would just kind of meander yeah, a bit, yeah. drag into stuff. And then the finale, they'd rush right yep. through the finale. Yep, that and happened. they kept doing yes. that over and over. Yeah. And it just was like six. They just haven't figured out that six it's was wrong. just either a long movie yeah. or 
like a show that I think like I don't know if more episodes, but I think like nine or ten is the sweet spot if yeah. you're doing hours. Yeah. The only episode, the only show that I felt was really paced well up until the end was WandaVision, but that was a unique show because they patterned it off of old TV sitcoms. Right. So it had like a formula that it could kind of follow a yeah, little bit. They could do all the stuff you guys are saying is correct. And I really think I mean I I think they see the issues. I think the TV side of things really caught them off guard and and kind of messed with them a little bit. It, it, and there was the pandemic and the scheduling and trying to figure out the rhythm. I think eight to ten episodes is probably perfect. And speaking of like right- what's crazy though, yeah, just real quick is I think Secret Evasion is six, but then they're jumping eventually in 2024 to Daredevil and going to 18. So yeah, like they're like taking the lessons they're learning and going, okay, we'll just triple it, which I don't know if 18 is how the many right were, amount how, either. How many was Andor? T- uh, 10, I believe. 9 or 10, right? Yeah. Like, Last yeah. of Us is going to be 9. The Game of Thrones are usually 10, and that's enough. Ten, yeah. So, speaking of Daredevil, it leads in right into my the next bullet point in this article is he talks about uh, the Daredevil show and how... Andor was 12. Oh, Andor was 12. That's right. It was yeah. six and then, yeah, but then it was... But Andor was brilliant. You were doing three yes. blocks of three or four, four right? That's three a good idea arcs. because then the, the stories that kind of resolve in those arcs yes. and then you can get into the next... Yes, the next. this is my next point is like ep- episodic TV writing is not the same as doing a movie or just an eight-hour movie and I think we're going to see that in Daredevil Born Again. He has said this show, he wants it to be more episodic. Here's his quote. He says, we want to do shows that can only be shows. I want to continue to make them even more episodic, which may seem counterintuitive, but I do think there's something fun about leaning back and watching an episode that can be relatively self-contained. I love this because every episode should have a beginning, middle, and end, a three-episode arc, and then there should be like an overarching thing, and I think Andor is a great, a great template to use, or... An 18-episode Daredevil boarding, and you could do these one-off stories, you know, exploring Daredevil's character and Hell's Kitchen and and other things that you, that kind of stand alone. Uh, so it's exciting that, like, I again, I think they see all the issues, and they're slowly going to be fixing them. But to jump That's from good. 6 to 18, that may also cause some issues. They should have just started a little smaller, maybe. Yeah, 18's a little... I was thinking maybe 13, but like, you were yeah. just saying, do something that lasts more than two months. Here we go. They're going to give it to us. I, I completely agree in that, uh, in, with what he's saying and what you're stating in that it has to feel like it should be on TV. And a lot of those shows that were six episodes just felt like this could have been a movie absolutely, or this could have been yeah. like a special, like it, a lot of them just didn't feel like they needed to be on. And then TV. the ones that felt like a movie felt padded out and there was filler stuff when it was unnecessary, right. but episodic TV show writing is different. It's different. They're going to get there. Maybe She-Hulk gets the closest in terms of like r- wrapping up the episode, but even that had, I don't know. Oh, She-Hulk had his own. Uh, She-Hulk that had different problems. That had a different problem. Yes. That, had just, that had just bad, bad choices. But it's alarming that I'm sitting here right now saying this was too much Marvel. Like I'm all, give me more, give me more. But then looking back, I'm like, I think it may have been too much. I think it could have been spread out. I wanted to savor these. I things. just think that the level of talent that the of people that are working there are being given these projects, they don't. They they seem to not be like the best of the best. They seem to be like these, like you know, people who are really like just directing. The directors usually have the most experience, and the writers and all the other people that are working on these things, they seem like. They they this is their first time doing comic book stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, and it's it, it's been nice. I, I'll say this: it's been nice to have this break. Yeah. From Marvel TV shows, yeah. like what's been two months, it feels like feels really nice to not have to jump into a Marvel show and let things just kind of let things let there not be any Marvel for just a little bit. Yes. Obviously, we're talking about a movie in a bit, but it's just been nice to not have to think about Marvel. Even, and I completely agree. I would have two years ago. I'd be like, give me it all, give me it more, give, give me, me all of it. Yeah. And now cool. I'm just like, it's nice to have this break. Yeah. Well, it is. It's scarcity. It makes it more special yeah. uh, when you give it a little room to breathe. And I think they've learned that lesson. Okay, moving on. But when's the last time you cracked open Disney Plus? You haven't. Not even for Star Wars or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Andor. I've been watching the Bad Batch here and there, but then I kind of like I forgot about it. I got to catch up. But yeah, that's other. Andor was the last thing. Mando starting soon, so March first. Be back on there. But the breathing room is nice. Okay, the next thing. Uh, let's talk about mutants. Everybody wants to know about mutants. Where are they? When are they coming? He has admitted. We've said they've said the word mutant twice. You know, citing that Namor is a mutant, and uh, Kamal Khan says the word mutation. Uh, here's what he says. He says, quote, but part of the fun is that I've been at this company for half my life and we're just now tapping into arguably one of the biggest aspects of the publishing history, meaning the X-Men. It's pretty remarkable. It's a testament to the house of ideas and what Marvel has been done, has been doing for 80 years. The question is how to do it and when to do it. And that's something we've been working on for years. We know, but we're not going to talk about it. Uh, so that's all you had to say. But you know, you could speculate maybe Secret Wars brings in mutants. Maybe the the Eternal sequel, whenever that gets made, brings in mutants. It's definitely going to be like a Phase 7 thing. Uh, he also did confirm Hugh Jackman is returning to Deadpool for Deadpool 3, and he did confirm it is going to be their first R-rated movie. And then I read mm. this other thing. Patrick Stewart was told to uh, stand by uh, as Xavier for Deadpool 3, so maybe... Oh. They pull him back from whatever universe he didn't die in or something. I don't know. But it's exciting. They're making R-rated Deadpool and we're getting that guy and we're getting Hugh Jackman back. Um I think that's enough for now. What do you guys think? Does he have a plan for the mutants? Is it gonna work? He probably does. I'm sure he has a plan for the mutants. Uh it's not I don't know how exactly how would they're gonna integrate. We there are pathways with this Kang thing, possibly. There are uh pathways with the uh, you know, the whole Spider-Man thing with the with the different worlds. We've seen it in Scarlet uh, with the Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. It is all these different uh, parallel universes yeah, and where do they come dimensions. From? So it could be that way or it could be like maybe we're just introducing them now and this is their genesis. Like, I don't know what exactly his plan is, but I know that there's multiple ways to get there. So. It could be. I'm just curious to see which way he goes. It could be an entire timeline rewrite, and then they're just there. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest with you. But I'm sure he has a plan. There's so many different ways that you could get there. So uh, it just it's going to be interesting to see which way they go with it. Anthony, you want mutants now? Are you you're okay waiting for them when they're ready? No, I'm okay. Wait. Yeah. Wait. There's they've introduced so many characters. Let everything just breathe a little bit. You don't. We don't need to rush to the mutants. It'd be great to have them. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of characters that they introduced in Phase Four, and they should build upon that stuff. And they're going to introduce more characters in Phase Five, and just just build it out. Wait. 
I mean, in the meantime, getting Jackman back as Wolverine for a 10th time, him playing this role for, what, like 20 years now at that point? That's wild. I can't wait. And I can't wait to see their first R-rated movie, how they're going to handle that. That's going to be fun. I don't know when that's coming out. Okay, let's move on to the Marvels. Oh, you're, you're excited about this one. I'm excited about this one because he does say... Kamala Khan steals this movie, he says, in one of these interviews. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yes. shit I like it. Here's what he is. To- is that really like a win if you can steal it from the most disliked character that every that ever I mean, existed that in the a, Marvel Universe? That is a layup there, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, if, she, if they fucked that up, that would have been bad. But they should have went with she stole it from Academy Award winning actors. <laughs> <Lee> Larson, <laughs> she steals this And just kind of throw that in there. From just so Oscar that- winner. Yeah. <laughs> So he says, quote, there are fun cosmic elements to it. Marvel Comics fans will recognize elements of the Kree Skrull War. It's picking up directly after the end of Captain Marvel 1, not in timeline, but in story. We also do that in our upcoming Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion. And those are two very different follow ups to that movie. And notably, speaking of spreading things out, slowing things down, they released a teaser poster for the Marvels with a new Release date. Oh, shit. it was coming out in July. It has been pushed back to November tenth of this year, which is I'm um, that's fine. Like they were gonna, it, you know, now there's something in the, the winter to look forward to, right? Uh, but I'm excited for the three of them to meet for uh, Tiona Paris's Monica Rambo, Brie Larson, Kamala Khan, all to meet should be fun. I think they. Well, I like that they pushed it back. Also, just yeah. keep in mind, I think the the blade. Was supposed to be in October. Oh, so they were going to have something in the fall. Oh, Obviously, that's we right. about the issues okay. of Blade. So I think just padding everything out throughout the year is it just makes more sense for Marvel too. Again, like five things, like three movies, two shows, all spaced out throughout the year would be like that would be. I'd be this. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're talking about movie pacing, this is kind of ideal, right? Yeah. You want something in the first quarter. Something in the summer, and something, and then something in, the in the in the in you know, the back the last quarter. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I guess there was gonna. And be I like this board. poster. This is actually they, it looks like they actually. It, this doesn't look very hard to make, but it's a simple poster and yeah. it works. It gets the point across, right? It gets you. It, it gets you excited. It is. It's a nice design. It's just the three of them vertically, like all floating, uh, and the colors are nice. And uh, yeah, Rugs, are you excited? Anything on on the Marvels? Does this do anything? Am I excited? <laughs> no, <laughs> this guy excited. <laughs> <laughs> Especially no, for Marvels? I'm not excited about this movie at all. Okay. I mean, yeah. we might see more uh, scroll stuff, Kree stuff. Like, I want to see some more of that. That was kind of interesting, the little bits they've given us so far. Has anyone seen Candyman? Uh, the reboot or the original? Yeah, the reboot. No, I haven't seen no. the reboot. That's the Nia, that's Nia DaCosta. Yeah, that's who's directing yeah, right. this. Yeah. Yep. This is her first Marvel movie and completely different writing and directing crew than the first one. Yeah, so, they, they switched that out completely. People seem to like that movie, and I heard a lot of praise about Nia DaCosta. So I'm I'm interested to see her vision for this Me too. Uh, and how that goes. Okay, moving on. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, Captain America 4, uh, New World Order, right? Uh, they start filming that soon, he says, uh, and he talks about Harrison Ford uh, and because he is now General Thaddeus Ross. Not only that. He says, quote, he's the president of the United States in the film. Oh, shit. Oh, well, get off my plane. Yes, he goes in with Harrison. You think about Air Force <laughs> One. You think about some of his confrontations with the president and clear and present danger. There's a dynamic between President Ross and Sam Wilson. They have a history together. But in this film, we'll be seeing the dynamic between Captain America 
and the president of the United States in a way that is just incredible. Oh, my God. Throw Gary Oldman in there. Get him kidnapped. <laughs> It'd be great. Get off my plane. Wow. Uh, Harrison Ford, not only as General Ross, but as the president again. I'm, I'm excited. He survived Indiana Jones 5, clearly. So... <laughs> I uh, I'm with you. I, I think I wouldn't have been all that excited for this movie, based off of Falcon and Winter Soldier and how that movie that TV show wasn't all that great. Yeah. But them for, for some reason having Harrison Ford as Thaddeus Ross and now the president, I like it. I like that move. I mean, you know what's funny about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Like every time I think about it, I'm like. Man, I really want to watch that again because there's some stuff that really stuck with me. There's imagery that stuck with me. Like it, there was a lot of great things in there. And why do people always put it at the bottom of the list of the fucking TV shows? I need to watch it again. I need to watch all of these, but there's too many shows. And there's not enough time. So, uh, uh, Ruggs, are you excited for this? Do you think Ross will become the Red Hulk moving into Thunderbolts? I have a, I have moderate enthusiasm. I wouldn't say excited, but like I'm like, all right, cool. Like. I'm waiting to see a trailer and what it could be. And uh, I did like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, to a degree. Yeah. Just that last episode was bad, but like uh, it kind of was all over the place that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- so it depends on if they're steering away from that and into just like Captain America, which is cool. And, uh, you know, the whole patriotism and, Believing in this country and believing in people doing the right thing and being incorruptible. I think that those are all things that are important. So if we're getting into that, I think that's cool. Uh, that will lead into Thunderbolts, which has not started shooting, but he has confirmed that Bucky will be the leader, the de facto leader of this team. Um, and you know, my first question is who is that? They're not going to listen to him. Who's all going to like Yelena Belova is not listening to him. Uh, it should be interesting. And will we get a, a red, red Hulk? Hmm. I, I heard rumors. We might've talked about this, but there were rumors that century was going to be the villain. Oh, I did. I don't remember that. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but I, I thought, Makes the movie way more intriguing. Also, he's way more powerful than anyone oh, yeah. on that roster. He's like Superman level powerful, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that could be if interesting. They had Century in, I would say it would make me more interested in the movie because the roster that they chose for this movie could not have made me less interested. Right. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. underpowered. Yeah. 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 Well, and we discussed yeah. it's a lot of the same powers. It's all like super soldiers. Yes, it's a lot of super right. soldier serum in there, but then you got ghosts. Yeah, and you got Julia Louis-Dreyfus as uh, Valentina Contessa, whatever. She's fun to watch. Who, who they've done really nothing with. Not yet. That's uh, might be, right. might lead up into Captain America and Thunderbolts. Uh, so we were just talking about Blade, and all you had to say about Blade was their new director, his name is Jan Demange, uh, down in Atlanta right now, they will start shooting in the next uh, 10 weeks or so, he mm. said so. Marshall at least still this off the ground. I know, despite that huge setback, and I thought they would have lost Marshall Ali, but he does not walk. He sticks around, and and the, they're gonna make a blade. They're gonna make a blade movie. Uh, they better. He's almost a hundred years old. Yeah, he's getting up there. That's the thing. <laughs> well, he's still limber. I hope he hit the gym this whole time. Uh, this is exciting news. Geek he talks about Spider Man. He says sp- about Spider Man four. This is what he says, quote, all I will say is that we have the story, 
We have big ideas for that, and our writers are just putting pen to paper now. Oh, my God. Again. Geek boner. Uh, has Tom Holland signed a deal? How many movies? Where do we want to go? You know, I love, we all loved where they finally left off Spider-Man and Spider-Man No Way Home as an actual, nobody remembers Peter Parker, but they know Spider-Man. I mean, he's mentioned in the Ant-Man movie, but now he's got no help from anybody giving him any kind of tech. He's on his own, literally, literally on his own. No friends, no family. Uh, He's got to, he had to sew his suit together. He's going to have to make his own web shooters. I can't wait to see where they take this. So this is basically confirming, right? That it's happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they, he's got a story and he's writing a script, they 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 got to be moving forward. Meaning, Tom Holland signed some kind of deal. Probably gonna be back. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, uh, moving forward, and I I saw a rumor. I don't know how credible this is. One of my friends posted it in one of our group chats. Let me just cite where it's coming from real quick. This the MCU Times, which I follow. Yeah. sometimes it's pretty good. Yeah. Is saying Tom Holland's Spider Man will be the lead in Avengers: The King Dynasty. I saw that. Yes. So and then throwing that out there. It, so that and his own movie and what order those come in, uh, you know, that's going to be interesting. But I did see that rumor to make him the leader of the Avengers, and then wow, there's just a lot of potential. Then Secret oh, yeah, Wars. Comicbook.com is reporting this. We have the King Dynasty lead rumor to be. Spider-Man after Tom Holland signs a massive new secret deal. Oh, shit. How many movies? Wow, that seems like a weird choice because he's the biggest fuck-up in the Marvel Universe right now. He's going to lead the... Well, maybe maybe he maybe, you know, his the Spider-Man 4 is about him becoming Spider-Man again and and becoming someone that they they trust and a leader, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's also, like, he was part of, if we're not to jump too much into Kang yet, but he was one of the movies that set off these, probably these branch timelines. Yes, the so cha- yeah, the chain of events. Perhaps. With his wish there. I mean, the yeah, the possibilities are endless. You can have him working for J- uh, Jameson, just like in the comics, because he doesn't remember him. Uh, but it's I'm, it's fascinating. And I'm yeah, so I, this is what I've been wondering. Keep it in your pants, Imran. Where Spy- I read another rumor that like the Daredevil show could possibly lead into spider-man 4 uh mm. so and i can see that they pa- crossed paths but we're getting more spider-man that's all that needs to be said thank you kevin Feige. <laughs> uh let's finally last thing they should get some inspiration from dan slot yes do all of dan slot's runs <laughs> and then do them again Rugs will be the first one at the theater oh yeah <laughs> burn it down yeah <laughs> i mean does he undo the timeline does mary jane MJ, not Mary Jane, sorry. MJ, like, start to remember him just, you know, based on their previous past. I don't know. There's a lot of fun things they could do there. Okay, last thing. Uh, he talked about the Fantastic Four. He said, we quote, we sort of talked about mutants and that whole aspect to the Marvel world, but Fantastic Four is the foundation for everything that came after in the comics. And he wants to do the same thing on the screen. He says, we plan on that being a big pillar of the MCU going forward, just the way they've been in the comics. And I saw another thing that they wanted to cast Sue Storm first and then build the cast around her. Now, again, we're going to talk about King. King is a Fantastic Four villain. He leads into a lot of things. So another thing uh, that everybody's been waiting for. But that also sounds like it's pretty far away. Yeah, I think so. That's a what, 20... 25 26 oh yes i think it's probably 2025 
Uh, yeah. but I, so I like that he's, he, you know, he wants it to do what they did in the comics is be this family foundation. 2025 is the tentative release date, February. Man. Wow. Man, that seems like far away. So with all this said, with all this article, I feel like to recap, I feel like Marvel is aware of the problems. How can they not be though? Yeah. They would be dumb not to. And they tried some things. And, uh, you know, there was a change of leadership at, at, at Disney corporate. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe things will start to connect. And I think we are starting things seeing start to connect. What do you guys think? Do you think it's in? Do you think they're steering it better to a better place now? Fiji is. We'll see. I don't know how much better it can get. Uh, I think that um, there might be an improvement. Uh as far as maybe avoiding certain things that they've done, or maybe like trying to soften some of these characters in, in like, for example, like Captain Marvel's not really like well liked. So they're good. They're leaned, they're leaning more on um, Kamala Khan. Yeah. So there's, there's things that they're probably doing to soften some of this stuff out and rough out the, all those rough edges that they have, they you know, kind of soften those edges a little bit, but uh, the fact that they're, releasing less stuff and probably have a little bit more control over it. They, they need to be aware there's obviously aware, but as you know, like if you take shield, for example, they were very in on it. Yeah. They were very much like they knew about this. They knew about what was going on online, blah, 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 but they still steered into it anyway. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, if they learned their lesson from that, I doubt it. I think they're still uh, in the process of doubling down on this stuff, but like, I don't know who's to say. Like it's very, very weird. It's a very weird time for Marvel for me, to be honest with you. I don't know if any of this stuff is going to um, break through to the level that we we were used to. Like, what do you think is going to be the biggest hit out of all this stuff here? Like, Spider Man is probably going to be the biggest movie out of all these, other than the Avengers. You're saying? Yeah, the, I think the two. If he can build up to the two big Avengers movies, that's what gets me excited. But uh, oh, the, uh, the Avengers isn't on this list here. But like, yeah, that we're looking. Oh, at, oh but, like, you're talking about what we just talked about. Yeah. Oh so, man. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's probably your biggest. It's yeah, definitely your biggest by far. Yeah, it, I'd say Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, the Avengers movies are always going to do well because of right. just the the name recognition. And at this point, there's only one really weak movie of the Avengers. Right. And um, so it's still got it's still. It's got some uh, prestige, so uh, we'll see. How do you, if you're Marvel, and he mentions this in the article, after 31 movies, continue to put out content that can appeal to people who just want to dip in and like have a one contained story, but also appeal to people like us who have watched and followed everything, and should they even try bothering to appealing to everyone like that? Or just do different projects. One that's like, this is your casual Marvel project. This is your hardcore MCU project. I don't know. I, I feel like if you make a great movie and you're servicing the characters and you're servicing the story that you want to tell instead of trying to, um, I don't know, trying to make this grandiose product that everyone can enjoy or whatever, I think that, you do that to some level, but that you always lose something in the process. I think, but if you if you stick to your goals, you make like a, a just a really great movie. You think about the acting and the script, and if the characters are doing what they should be doing at this point in time, 
And if everything kind of makes it se- sense in its own way, you're not making characters buffoons because you need to, or making them stupid in this moment when they're supposed to be really smart, things like that. They can avoid all that stuff. Mm. And, and it, they just need to hit one and people will be like, Oh, they're back. You know? Yep. They haven't done that thus <laughs> far. <laughs> people were kind of saying that after Wakanda forever. That they were, you know, they, they were happy. Oh yeah, that the, the tone was was back to being what it was. Yeah, yeah, but I that's agree. The, Go ahead. But that's still like an unfortunate. Ev- that movie's still an unfortunate event, right? Right. Because you have Chadwick Boseman missing. They had to rewrite the script, and it's kind of a hot mess. And yeah. uh, not everyone likes Namor. Uh, so yeah, it's a mixed bag. Like, they still tried though, right? To kind of steer it in the in a good direction. So they are doing that. So. We'll see. And even uh, Ant-Man was more serious than I was expecting. Sure. But um, yeah, no, I agree. in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh, where we'll get into Ant-Man, but it was I can say for sure that like it's not a Thor love and thunder. No. Where they just like completely throw the baby out with a bathwater yeah. and like yeah. everything's a joke. They made now. an attempt to try and at least, uh, you know, even it out. A little bit. Put some gravity where it's supposed to be. But right. yeah, I agree yeah. like. I think I mean this is the this is the Marvel this is the problem that just kind of is what it is right with Marvel and that you've got you've built a universe you're 31 movies in or whatever the amount amount is plus x amount of TV shows and specials like not everything is going to be super accessible because you've just everything you've built already like that's that's the problem with comics in general yeah, right yeah so I think it I don't want to say everything Rugboy says, but yeah, it just comes down to making stuff make sense and good movies. And if you make good movies, people will come and they'll be interested in the overarching story. Well, and he talks about try, you know, making things different things. So there's something yeah. for everybody and that's important. Fa- phase four was there. I said this right when they announced phase four, I said, this is their experiment phase. They threw a lot out there. Candidly, a lot of it probably didn't work, but hopefully they learned from it. And they're going to do a little, you know, Fahey, it sounds like he wants to have a little bit more quality control and they're going to be a little bit more intentional about what they're choosing, when they release it, who they're aiming for, yeah. potentially. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, it's the law of averages, too. When you put out so much stuff, content, product, whatever Fahey wants to call it, like, you're not going to hit home runs. And Marvel was on a streak for three years where they didn't get any... They didn't have any movies that were rated rotten. Yeah, on hit movie after not hit. three years, ten ten years yeah. from two thousand eight to twenty nineteen. I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing was rotten according to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that was an, that that was an amazing uh, thing that like no other studio has ever done anything like this. And as far as like how long can they keep doing this? Like the future is still exciting. They've given us so much shit, but we haven't even touched the X Men yet. We haven't even touched the Fantastic Four. So that is another 10, 20, 30 years the, of content right there. The thing that bothers me more than than all that stuff, like, yeah, we're the good news is, yes, we have this unblemished stuff that we haven't even gotten to yet that we have access to uh, in order to roll that into the Marvel Universe. But the the thing that bothers me is that they've gone so far away from the comics and they've gone so far away from the classic comics. yeah that nothing's going to fit like if they go do go and stick to them. So like I already resigned myself to thinking like they're never going to really stick to the comics 
they're not going to go back to that. They're not, they can't, they've already gone all over the place. Like the continuity is all messed up. Unfortunately, some of it wasn't even their fault. Like they just didn't have access to these characters right, to right. integrate them. rights issues. So, yeah. so there's all kinds of like, uh, things that are standing away from creating something that really is true to the comics. But, um, and I think that's what they actually need. Yeah. Like they actually need to, to like basics. trust, trust the material, trust the stuff that's been successful since the 1960s. Trust the thing that had like a, a fan base long before it was the Marvel universe on screen was even a fucking idea. Like you have all these people that will, will throw themselves uh, and advocate for you and throw themselves in uh if you do that, but they're not going to do that. So, well, but they got a shot at that with like the Fantastic Four. You can go back to basics and get the root of that, and 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 try to adapt that. And even X Men to a degree, they have like two good shots at trying to do that. They have Doom, yes, which is like yes. a great bad yeah, guy. Yeah, we haven't seen Doom, a great man. powerful bad guy. If they do that right, like they can align a lot of things. But like, I don't think they're going to do it. I just don't have the faith in it like you guys do. I just don't. I really don't. I feel like we're living in a a world where that's that's almost an impossibility. <laughs> it's like it's an insane thought to even have yeah. that they're going to stick to the comics. They're just not doing it. They've never done it. They haven't done it really uh, since Infinity Gauntlet, and even that was like you know they they took a lot of liberties with that as well. So it's it it's crazy, but um. But they're making their own thing, right? All of them. Civil War, Age of Ultron. They yeah, take the name, at, but they're making their own thing, and there's still a little bit of the original source material there. But I see what you're saying. It is kind of very convoluted and messy. Like, they've just gotten Spider-Man to be Peter Parker. Right, and, right. And, and even that's, like, flawed and not exactly like it is in the comic books. So it's like they've they've barely gotten there. Like, with like they had Cap pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Iron, Iron Man, Man was, was pretty solid. good. Yeah, and they're gone. So now they uh, did. Yeah, now they're fucking with time and timeline. So it's gonna get messy before it gets cleaned up. And the Hulk, they're not doing anything with really, well, other than making uni- beat up by She Hulk. That's like a universal rights thing, probably. Uh, so yeah, so like World War Hulk would be cool, be but there's, but like there's no Iron Man. Yeah, which is who is a main reason for a world war hall the illuminati was too also yeah so it's just weird look it's it's different we got but we still got a bunch of characters that they could play with you're an optimist imran i'm a more realist how much longer (laughs) pessimist realist tomato tomato (laughs) (laughs) uh they still got a lot of properties and a lot a lot of things so yeah the future it's look we'll see if they can bounce back uh but See how long Feige wants this job too, right? Like how long he said it's spent he spent half his life already working on this shit. Like Twenty years, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh okay, good stuff. We're gonna take a break here, play some promos, and come back and get real small. Go into the quantum realm, talk about Ant Man. Uh new Ant Man movie review right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Aisla. And together we are the hosts of the Bicurian Podcast. Bicurian is our answer to the polarizing culture we live in. Tired of feeling under siege and looking for ways to get involved? Then come be a part of a different way of thinking. 
Everything from politics to geek culture to current events that polarize us as a society. We explore multiple ways of looking at things. Please check us out at Bicurian.com and follow us on your favorite social media platform of choice. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. If you ever believed Captain America was on the U.S. Olympic soccer team. If you ever thought that the Winter Soldier was that brace yourselves guy on the internet. And if you ever wondered just what would a raccoon do with a machine gun. Then don't let another week pass you by without tuning into Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your show about all things Marvel. With news, rumors, commentary, and interviews. As well as our weekly recommendations on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks on WeebyGeeks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. and nerd. Listener, if you enjoy the show, uh, you should join our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd. Jockandnerd. And it's where you can give back and be part of our exclusive Patreon community where you get extra benefits like an exclusive RSS podcast feed where the shows come out early. Bonus content this week. Patreon members would have enjoyed all of our instant reactions right out of the theater to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and I always love listening to those before talking with you guys. Uh, sometimes we're all on the same page. Sometimes there's some shocking things. It's a lot of fun. Uh, also, you can hang out uh, with us on our monthly Discord hangout. You get Discord access. Uh, this month's hangout is this week, Thursday, February 23rd, 8 p.m. Central Time. Be there. And uh, there's another tier where you can force us to... This week, huh? Yeah, it's this week. It's the day after this show <laughs> posts. It's news to Anthony, even though I've mentioned it uh, three three weeks in a row. Uh, last week was a lot of fun. Anthony was loose and free. So last month, the last one we did last month. So who knows, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how the night plays out on the Discord? Uh, only if you're there. Uh, we also have a tier where you can pick and wa- force us to watch and pick any movie. Uh, and we'll do it. That one is a lot of fun. All that can be found at jockinner.com slash Patreon. Check it out. Okay, here we are. Big review time. Marvel's latest entry into the MCU, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, here are your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! We made it. We are here. Phase 5 has begun. The multiverse saga is upon us holy shit geek boner that's kind of exciting uh but of course this movie is the sequel to the uh, ant-man and ant-man and the wasp so the third ant-man movie and the 31st film in the mcu it's wild that we live in a world where there's 31 marvel produced movies and within that there is a three movie ant-man franchise did anybody think this would ever happen what the fuck is happening Stop right. right. Stop and think about that for a second. Ant-Man, first appearance, Marvel Comics, Tales to Astonish, 27, in 1962, created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Jack Kirby, King, also created by Stan, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby. His first appearance, actually, as the Pharaoh Rama Tut in the Fantastic Four in 1963, number 19, first appearance as King in the Avengers number eight, a year later, September 1964. So, Kang, notably an Avengers and Fantastic Four villain. Now, here's Hmm. where things get crazy. The Rotten Tomato score currently 
for this movie, the tomato meter, 47%. Oh, shit. By critics? Critic rating, 5.6 out of 10. 47%. Wow. Tying that as the lowest MCU movie, the second only rotten MCU movie with Eternals. Uh, on the other side of the story, audience rating, 84%. Mm-hmm. Huge fucking gap right there. Very interesting. Not yeah, only that. Go ahead. Cinema score was low, too, right? Cinema Wasn't score it? came in a low at like a B or a B minus. Mm-hmm. Well, also, if you want to throw in, not only the audience scores, it's pretty solid, but um, opening weekend, yeah, biggest opening weekend for an Ant-Man movie yeah, ever. I'm, that, Ant-Man 1 was 57. Correct. Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp was 75. Yeah. This one, and I heard your review, Imran, where you said, I, I don't know if we'll get 100 million. It just 105.5 million. So barely, it cracks one. 105. Three-day, 120 for the four-day, if you count yep. President's Day. Currently, it's sitting worldwide, $359 million. As far as the budget, there's no actual reporting, but people are speculating. It's probably like $200 million, which is similar to Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Eternals. Looks like they're, all their movies clocking in about $200 million. So, yeah. So, in the one sense, trending up for the Ant-Man franchise, right? Sure. That's what you want. 55, 57, 75, 105. Great. However, if you look at the last three Marvel movies opening weekends, Black Panther, $181 million. Thor, $144 million. Doctor Strange, $187 million. There's a big gap there also. But yeah, we're talking about Ant-Man. Yeah, but we're talking about Ant-Man. Right, not Black Panther. <laughs> Thor, yeah. also a fourth movie. You know, Doctor Strange's sequel, all those sequels. This is another sequel. Interesting numbers. Interesting how this played out. Yeah, it's interesting. You could, you could slice and dice it all sorts yeah, of ways. Yeah, I didn't think, just because my theater was like kind of quiet and it wasn't that packed, but it was snowing and icy. I was like, I don't know if it breaks 100 million, but it does crack 100 million. Uh, mm-hmm. This third Ant-Man movie directed again by Peyton Reed. Who did the first two written by Jeff Loveness, uh, who had just come off a stint uh, working on Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty writer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, starring, of course, Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Michael Douglas returning, Dr. Hank Pym, Michelle Pfeiffer back as Janet Van Dyne, Jonathan Majors as King, Catherine Newton recast as Cassie Lang, a uh, quick Bill Murray cameo. Uh, you have Katie M. O'Brien playing Gentora. William Jackson Harper playing Quaz the Mind Reader. Uh, and our buddy, people are going to wonder, uh, where's David Desmalchian, who is Kurt, who worked for the ex-cons? He's in this. He is the voice of Veb, uh, which is the little gooey creature. We'll get to him. Oh, the one with hold. no holes. Yes, the one who is obsessed with holes. And Randall Park showing up as Jimmy Woo. Nice little cameo. Uh, and that's your main cast there, basically. Anthony, what happens in this third Ant-Man in the Wasp Conomania? We are post the battle of Earth for uh, or whatever they call it, Endgame, and Scott Lang is basically uh, benefiting from all the fame from saving the world, and he's wrote and written a book, and he's on tour, and he's getting free stuff, even though people don't really know who he is. Still, some people know who he is, but some don't. They think he's Spider Man, and. During this time, his daughter's become a teenager. She's a bit of a rebel. She decides in secret to create a beacon to the quantum realm. They get sucked into the quantum realm. They realize there's a whole new world down there, and there's an 
evil conqueror down there that's looking to get out and needs Ant-Man's help to get out. And, and that's the movie. That's the gist of it. Uh, so, Anthony, tell me, walking in, you saw all these reviews. What were your expectations? And then at the end, how did this movie, how did you feel? So I'm similar to you, Imran. I listened to your review. I did catch a lot of the reviews. So I was coming in with a bit of a lower. I was coming in like, oh, man, I'm going to be disappointed in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I watched the movie. I've only seen it once, packed theater on a Thursday night. I got to say, I don't really see the the this being a rotten movie. I don't know why this is the second rotten movie for. I, I kind of know why, but to me, this isn't any worse than a lot of other movies. I thought this was perfectly fine. I thought it was a serviceable Marvel movie. I there were times where I was a little bit bored, but there was also some times where I laughed and I enjoyed some of the action and I liked some of the performances. By the end of the movie, I felt like I'd gotten my money's worth to watch a Marvel movie. I wasn't overly pissed off about anything. I think tonally, it's a little all over the place. We can get into that later. But I thought it was fine. I think there's worse Marvel movies. And for this one to be the second rotten movie for Marvel, I think it's a little bit of a critics. It's now one of those things. I said, I saw someone else say this, and I agree. Once the domino falls and some a movie becomes rotten, it becomes easier to rate Marvel movies rotten, and I think this is what's happening here. Um, I also think there's just a lot of malaise with people like seeing things they didn't like in Marvel, and they're continuing to see them, and they're just like, all right, screw it. Now we're going to make it rotten. Um, Almost like it's but, trendy to hate on the yeah, MCU I think right I think, now. I think it is trendy to hate yeah. on it, and I think this movie is not a bad movie. It's not like a great movie by any sense of the imagination, but if you compare it to something like Captain Marvel yeah. or... Um, Ant Man and the Wasp, the second one, yes, or uh, some of the Spider Man movies. Like it's better than that. I mean, it's it's, hey, it's me better mouth. than the, what's that? <laughs> Spider Man movies. <laughs> it's better than some of those. It's better than uh, Far From Home, in my opinion. So get the fuck out of here. So you know, in in that sense, I think it's fine. I like I enjoy Kang. We can get into some of the weird stuff though with him being the villain. I think it's a little weird that he's the villain in this, but overall, yeah, I thought maybe it's because I came in. The opposite of rugs, where it's like everyone's hating the movie, and now I'm just like, well, all right, I might probably like it, and I liked it, so there it is. Well, quickly, I'll just double down because yes, this 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 bad press, these reviews got me to lower my expectations, and I'm kind of glad I did because at the end of the movie, I was like, you know what, I'm with the audience score on this one. This was a lot of fun. I don't get it. like you. I do not understand. Even with Eternals, shouldn't get forty seven percent. I don't get. I think this is better than Eternals. It's better than Eternals, but Eternals also wasn't 47%. It is better than this, the second Ant-Man movie, which is completely like forgettable. Yeah. Like, I can't tell me. They're just chasing around a shrunken building the whole time. I don't know what happened right. in that movie. But I thought this was a fun, decent sci-fi adventure. It was gave me a lot of great things to look at. And also, I had, there were some good laughs. And with these post-credit scenes, I was satisfied that, the, yes, they're trying to build something together connect the dots a little bit lead to something again uh and yeah no i thought it was entertaining i did not i don't get it was like i must be trendy to hate on marvel rugs let's find out how this movie hits you <laughs> because yes well i i didn't hate this movie uh i never said i did i i understand why it's getting uh negative reviews because i think it does the thing that no movie should do is be boring. Mm. And I was bored. Like I was really, really bored. Wow. I, and I, I think that, um, 
I didn't like the right way this movie unfolded at all. Um, I I do uh, l- overall. I'm okay with what they did with Kang. I'm okay with some of this stuff, but like it it didn't really work for me. Uh, to to be in the pantheon of great Marvel movies, it wasn't it wasn't even it's middle of the pack for me, or a little bit lower in the middle. It's not the absolute worst. Um, it doesn't leave a giant celestial sticking out of the fucking ocean and no one acknowledging <laughs> it for ten. You know, it doesn't do that. Like, it doesn't do like really, really b- big damage to the Marvel universe. It was just boring. Like, it, its biggest crime was like I was I was bored and I didn't like Michelle Pfeiffer's like. Uh, I'm not telling you what's going yeah, on. That was probably the most annoying thing, like several times. And that writing was just—it was infuriating tell to me. Us and I what was happened. like, "Why?" I'm like, <laughs> "In what world would you not tell? Like, like you don't like you can compartmentalize information. You don't have to tell anybody that you've been fucking this guy. You could just be like, oh, uh, this is what happened when I was in the fucking quantum realm, and you should know that this shit's going on.' Like." You have access to the information that might be useful to them. and You just don't say anything. And then even when you're in the middle of it and you're like, okay, the jig is up. I'm in the middle of this story. I might as well like tell everybody what's going on. You still don't tell anybody what's going on. And I just thought it was a, a poorly written. No, so, uh, yeah, yeah I, I can't defend that. That's perfect. That's a perfectly reasonable take. Uh, you're absolutely right. I'll put this on the table right now. Like the movie has huge flaws. There's a lot of fiddly written characters. There's huge plot holes. There's some cliche tropey well, shit. It's predictable. Also, they're, they're also troping themselves. Yes. The one thing I kind of found annoying was like we have another just child genius that just can become a genius when they read a book. I mean, you know, she she just she, she read his she, notes and built the fucking she read his thing. notes and was like, well, I can now make a yeah. quantum teleport, a quantum uh, beacon. <laughs> and I did not like that actress either. Okay, well, we'll get into that. But I this I want to say all that. Despite that, I well, I came out of it feeling like I read a really fun giant sized edition of an Ant Man comic book. Yeah, you know, and see that too. and that's what I wanted. And yes, some of the backgrounds look very fake and maybe they don't feel like they're really there or anywhere, but I loved the trippy visuals. I love the creature designs. I love it's very Star Wars, which is like the best compliment I can give this movie is that it gave me a lot of Star Wars feels, a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy feels, a lot of parallels to this. And yeah, it's derivative. But we've already seen that. It's derivative, right? but I still so like I'll also. I was really lit when I saw this. So I had a yeah. really good time though. Like I thought it was a lot of fun. I was I could, like, why do people hate this? So if you're going to be like the main piece of the Marvel universe, that's going to be put out there. We said this with Dr. Strange too. Like it, it needs to kind of not be something that we've seen before. And I felt like it felt like very familiar territory. Um, and uh, there was like a lot of, I feel like we we've seen all this stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy. We've seen all this stuff in other movies. So it's like it, they weren't doing it on a, any better uh, level than they've done it. So I'm not trying to hate this movie where I think it's a piece of shit. I just wasn't. I, I just think it was eh, like it was all yeah, right. That's like perfectly. Whatever. I think that's. I totally understand what you're saying. I I agree that it's not anything. There, I mean, there's like s- some new stuff in terms of like the character, like how they look, sort of. But overall, it's not like a completely new aesthetic, even though they're in a new realm. Uh, but I, I will say, like, 
parts of the movie I thought were a little bit boring. I agree. By the end, though, I was laughing at stuff, yeah. and I was enjoying some of the action, and I was in, yeah. kind of intrigued by Kang. So it was kind of a mixed bag, but not yeah. not. Uh, I didn't come out of the movie and go, "Man, I, I, that was a waste of time." I was like, "Yeah, I I had fun." It it was one of those movies where I was like, "I might want to watch that again sometime." Like I I don't have that same feeling with a lot of the recent Marvel stuff, but I definitely right. wanted to see maybe watch that again, and maybe I will. Um, I will say, just pointing out tonally, yeah, I enjoyed Kang, and I enjoyed Modoc. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to pair them up in this movie. Yeah, that's one thing. And the thing. reason for that is yeah. Kang is a super serious character and not played for jokes at all, but his right-hand man is a complete joke throughout the entire movie. <laughs> I don't know that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I, why I, you would I have like Modoc either. So there's a lot of big pieces I didn't like to this they movie. They changed yeah. Modoc but, but I did laugh at Modoc. I that's did, a, yes. That's the he weird was part. so goofy. And look, it was so disturbing. God, there's so many places. Let's just start there. Darren Cross... From the first Ant-Man movie, it makes sense. When Scott defeated him and shrunk him down, he got all shrunk down in weird proportions. So he is essentially, you see his little tiny ass at one point when you're talking about putting the suit on. Giant head with baby arms, like like Modoc. But the Modoc in the comics is actually like really smart and maniacal and wants to just rule and fuck shit up. Well, yeah, yeah. But, they, but they've also taken Modoc in a, like so many different yes, ways that this is a he's kind of Modoc. a joke too in the comics. So, joke Modoc is fine, and I was laughing. Uh, you know, the moment where Cassie is just like Darren, just try not to be a dick. How about that? Just stop being a dick. And he has a little <laughs> redemption. It's so funny. What bothered me was how they made his face look when he takes the thing off. Like, I feel like they didn't bother. It's bad. It's so bad. It's bad. It doesn't look good at all. It's not funny or no, anything. It's bad. It looks like they just took a flat video and stretched it and it's slightly horrible. warped. It's I horrible. kind of found it funny. I was like, this is intentional. I thought they were going intentionally bad, and I found the comedy. But I mean, the minute bad. I saw his face, I laughed out loud. Like, I couldn't help myself. Like, it is ridiculously funny. Yeah. Looking. But then when he puts no, no, the no. armor mask on, he He's kind of intimidating. He's fucking fired. My, don't you think that's my- kind of a cop out, though? Like, if like, yeah, it's funny because it's stupid. But yeah. like, isn't that like? It's like it's a. But cop he out. has a character. He has a little character arc and changes his his feelings and you know comes in to my, say my favorite Modoc line. Yeah. Besides the dick, he's like, "I'm not a dick." <laughs> is well, I actually have a few favorite Modoc lines, but my one of my favorites is when in the beginning when they're like Darren, Darren. Darren, like he's trying to like uh, Skyline's trying to like talk to him through the intercom, yeah. and then he's like, "All right, Modoc." Like, yes, yep. <laughs> and then later on, they're like Modoc, Modoc, and they're like Darren. He's like, "Yep." Oh, <laughs> when he changes, it. I love when he tells him his name, where it's like organism designed only for killing or something, and then Scott's like, "Shouldn't it be Modoc?" <laughs> Which is kind of funny too. Uh, it, I just I will, but I have to throw in the fact that it it makes no sense that Kang would be with him. The way they cast, the way yeah. Modoc's con- characterization is, the way Kang is, yeah. Kang would be like, like, get the fuck away from me type shit. I mean, they're both stuck there, right? So I don't know. Uh, but I don't think Kang would associate with him. Probably not. He'd be like, you are a fuck up. Get out of here. Unless, yeah. yeah, he needed a lackey. But God, I laughed every time it came out. So I was like, this is, is this so bad? It's funny. I don't know what to think. I have to admit, I laughed at Modoc. I laughed a lot, and there was some good funny lines. There's that there was a couple of Modoc moments that were funny in, in the joke writing, yes, but yeah. Uh, I like all the Star Warsy shit, kind of. I mean, you had you know, there's like a cantina scene, 
Uh, you mm-hmm. had aliens that that so the scene where you know they get captured originally by these rebels and you can't understand the language and you got to drink that Veb his goo, <laughs> drink the ooze and then you understand the language. That was great. That reminded me exactly of like Princess Leia and the Ewoks in fucking Return of the Jedi. Well, that's out of John Carter. Uh, that's oh, out that's of, a uh, John Princess Carter. Thing. Yeah. And then I thought you know. I saw that someone made a reference and they were like, "This is exactly like John Carter, oh, like the yeah, movie, yeah. the tone, the way it's the aesthetically." And I was like, "Oh." Interesting. Well, I, yeah, it's very different. like like you see Kang like force killing people. Even like uh, Bill Murray's cameo, Krylar is kind of like the Han Solo Lando betrayal thing. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. fucking. It's all the same shit. But Veb, first of all, when Hank Pym is like that guy looks like broccoli. This is a big broccoli head. That's funny. <laughs> and then Veb is like, you have so many holes. I don't have any holes. How many holes do you have? And then the guy goes seven. And then Scott like thinks about it. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, but all those creatures, the buildings that were alive, where he's like, your buildings are alive. Yours are dead. <laughs> it, it's like, I don't know why. It, it's like stupid, it's, right? Yeah. But it's, it, for me, it like. Yeah, I didn't mind any of that stuff. Yeah, either. it's like when someone says penis and I laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I know that's not that funny, but it is kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being juvenile, one, but I was laughing at the juvenile humor. Uh, yeah, no, and like the whole, the different, the different designs of these creatures and the species. I was, it was, it was great. The little blowtorch for a head guy and right um bill murray's cameo is completely pointless but it's fun to see bill murray in the mcu movie gets killed right away yeah, we ever do the cameo. plot or we did the plot and i just didn't remember we started it. with the plot but there's more to the plot though so get into some more details of the plot we did the general plot where does the plot lose you rugs well well the whole plot is is that uh cassie builds this machine Right. And everybody gets sucked into the, the quantum realm. And at that point, uh, Janet Van Dyne decides to like, uh, break it to the team that <laughs> there's a fucking Kang there. By the way. The, yeah. And, uh, it doesn't happen till like the middle of the movie when Bill Murray is on screen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that, uh, Hank Pym has says, had said ants about 80 times. Oh my God. Well, the only thing <laughs> you know about Hank is he likes ants. Yeah. Yeah, he just said ants way too oh, many times. Yeah, he just says about the ants. And um yeah, so basically they find out there's a Kang there and she had something to do with with uh, bringing about uh the dynasty of Kang in the in the quantum realm and how mm. he's built and enslaved or whatever he's done horrible things to those people. And uh, they decided they have to put a stop to it. I, I do and, have to ask, when he built this kingdom, I was like who, who are the people that he has? Uh, like, are those oh. people that were living in the quantum realm and he converted over, or did he make those people? He might have made them. I think he has like Kang bots in the comics, right? Yeah, he just creates because then, then those people when they die, they like phase out. Oh yeah, they completely like disintegrate. Right? Are they even real? That's a good point. Maybe he just created all those. But we find I, I do. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, we find out uh, Janet Van Dyne helps make the glowy MacGuffin that every move Marvel movie needs that powers mm. his thing. But then she expands it and kind of uh, leaves him stranded. Well, she realizes she's helping him. Yes. She realizes she by him. touching his chair what he's really done. Yes. And then to, she has to stop him. But then they hate her because she caused him and then he took over and she and he, fucking she jetted. Right. So I, I I do have to address one thing Rug said because I listened to his review, his and I think I understand King. I think I understand what his motives are, but I want to try to explain it. I think he's basically 
what he who remains it. See, that's what I was starting to think. He, he mentions too that he wants to snip that all his other variants are fucking around the, the timeline, and he wants to to uh, burn them from time. Is what he says, right? And I think it's because he thinks he's the hero of his journey, and his, the hero of his journey would be he's got to write the timeline so they don't keep fucking this up. Because every time they branch out and go to another multiverse, they're creating another branch timeline, which potentially can cause an incursion. I think that's what he. I think that's what he was saying, but the, his methods of going about it are obviously he's just killing everyone to do it. Yeah, I just didn't think it was written uh, in no, a way where it, had, where it had like enough weight to it. Like I was just like, yeah, I'm like I'm in, I'm in the fog about this, and I shouldn't be at this point in time. And I pay attention to movies when I watch them. Well, do you think it's because they put this in an Ant Man movie? where there's all these, like, we're talking about seven holes, and then we're also talking about trillion, 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 trillions yeah, of lives dying, yeah. being dying, yeah. like dying. Like, I think maybe tonally it doesn't fit. Well, yeah, it's just like, I still don't understand. Uh, I still don't understand, like, uh, why he's destructive in, t- in the way that he has to be or why mm-hmm. he... Like, why does he even choose to be like a uh, an emperor here? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know why he would do that. There, like, it doesn't. Like, I don't understand. He needs resources to like fix his. That should be his main goal. Well, he was fix I thought he's building an army so that he can once he escapes, he has this army. The whole the whole thing goes with him. Like that whole thing was starting to rise up. Uh, so he, yeah, could he attack. Did say that, but yeah, I, I can see. What? I, no, I'm in the middle. His motivation muddy at best. Think about Thanos. You knew exactly where the fucking guy was coming from, right? And then you got you yeah. know, Killmonger, also very clear, relatable motivation. This one, I wasn't sure, but then I started thinking about it, and I got to where you were. If is he dead? First of all, he's we're not sure. No, he's not dead. He shrunk he said he's down. He's been to the end of time, and he knows what happened. So and- right. yeah, and so it is is essentially is this whole thing a time loop? Also, where what we saw happen, Sylvie killing he who remains after he warns him of all well, the pain. I think he wants to be he who remains, but he's not the same variant. Like he wants to be in that chair running shit, but he who remains got there first. Oh, to to call everything and bring it into one right. sacred timeline. Uh, but he goes about. I think the way I interpret it is he goes about it a bit more brutally than he who remains. Where he who remains created this TVA where they just prune stuff yeah they're they killing people the, all the time but they they send you to Eliath. and yeah i put a lot of i put i put way too much thought into this <laughs> uh, yeah so how does this work you can stop me at any point because i i'm going off on a tangent and i don't even understand well isn't he supposed to use Eliath to kill off all the other kings that are coming after him yeah he who remains did yeah he used Eliath to kill off all the kings i do like how they left enough like breadcrumbs they talked about his uh, past and the future enough that they can build on this and it got me I- intrigued right we didn't get the whole story clearly you know we don't even know if that king is the king the conqueror he was let me, a- let me ask you guys this because i know rugs when we talked about he who remains and jonathan majors you didn't particularly care for that interpretation of the performance what did yeah. you think of John the Majors as this variant of King? I I like the acting. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I uh, felt a a presence, a looming presence that was like uh, formidable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, it's gonna be tough to beat. But I know that he's gonna lose, so it's kind of like they have to beat him right now so yeah. they can progress the story. So the fact that Ant Man can beat him 
Yeah, it's not good. Exactly so, what I was going to say. So what what kind of credibility does that character have if Ant Man can beat him? Well, but here's the thing, right? The King, Nathaniel Richards, whatever. He's essentially a human who has tech. Tech can be smashed. But yeah, I mean, did he really beat him up? Like King was? No, he didn't beat he him. Was but fucking like, he, beating the he shit out of Scott. The, yeah, he lost to the bunch of ants and the rebellion well, and all that. But yeah, the, yeah, all his yeah, all his soldiers got taken down by a bunch of rebels. Yeah. I did. It did cross my. I was like, "This isn't the like Ant Man beating him." But then I was also like, "Maybe they're going with the route that it's not beating him once. It's just like you. He always comes back, and he has so many variants that it's like impossible to yes. win." Because yes, I think that might be the route they're going. Given the the post credit scene at the end, where it's just like you knock down one, but there's right. like twenty more behind. And him. even in the comics, Kang's main guy he goes up against is usually variants of himself trying to take mm. each other out right so we'll get to the right. post credit scene because they dropped a lot like you had to watch this is not a standalone movie by any means but i i we got rewarded for watching the ant-man movies for watching loki uh and and i i like when they do that uh but let's talk about this thematically i want to go back to that Ever okay. since they announced that Ant-Man 3 was going to feature Kang, I think we all thought it was weird. It, well, having it seen weird. the movie, it is still kind of weird. It's still weird. This is essentially, <laughs> a, it should have been a Kang movie. You know, they could have just made a Kang movie. Does it work? Why did they put him in here? And uh, yeah, the third act was a little predictable. Like you knew Modoc was going to come back. You knew Kang wasn't gone. There was going to be one no, last see, battle. I, I didn't think it was predictable. I thought that they were going to have Kang win. Yes, that okay. That uh, was I thought unpredictable. that we were going to end it yes. in a route where Ant Man was beat. He was stuck in the quantum realm, and Kang was winning. That's yes. That was not. I didn't see that coming. That's true because I kind of felt that too. I was like, oh my god, they're going to trap Scott there, and he gets out with his army. But then you'd have to deal right away with King in like the proper Earth 616. Right. I like that they're slow playing this. I think that was a rewrite. I believe that may have been I, I think I saw the that, original yeah. ending, but they're like, we gotta slow play this a little. Let's trap Yeah, them. the original I think was supposed to be with both of them trapped in the in the quantum realm. Right. So I'm okay with the switch, because now especially with the post credit scene, there's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit where is he gonna turn up next? Is he dead? There's ambiguity. Mm-hmm. I think that works, but it does. You get and then you get like a happy ending. I do love that moment at the end where he's narrating, he's talking to himself, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what if I didn't save everything? Did I make things worse?" And then he's like, "That's nah, probably nothing." It just keeps walking. It's so good. Yeah, he was great. His little like his comedy bits. All, I, I saw. I saw a theory somewhere. It might have been Screen Crush where they were like, maybe the way they write this is that Kang intended for this to sure. play out the way it did. Sure. So that he gets back, like, I guess because he's now in the battery, he can travel anywhere at any point in time. Now he's even closer to, like, the power, right? They've sent him right. closer. I think, and there's been, I, you know, the more I think about this theory, I saw some videos that this whole MCU is in one big time loop. Like, all this shit mm. has happened, it's going to happen again. And we are seeing the seam when we get to Secret Wars, when we get to Kang Dynasty, we're going to see the crossover of all the Kangs and then coming back to that one timeline. Uh, Do you think that the character Kang can really hold up the Marvel Universe as the bad guy? I mean, I I, uh, I don't think it's just Kang. Yeah. I think what they're really going to lean into is Jonathan Majors doing all, those all the Kangs. variations. Like Star Wars, you know, three movies. Darth Vader. Or a lot of Darth Vader is the looming presence that mm-hmm. is the bad guy. That is the... Now, Kang is kind of like uh, for the next phase anyway, going to be that guy. You so right. you think it works out. Do you think it? He's kind of like Darth Vader, but like imagine Darth Vader getting punched by Luke and going down. 
Well, it's the variations, I think, that's yeah. going to be the, the variance, key. Is yeah. like him playing all these variants of himself where it just it Do you just think like that's rats. sloppy? That's, is that too sloppy, though? That's I think I think I think I think there's there's a potential that it could be kind of clever just given the fact that Thanos was a one like a big over big giant presence but he was one guy and now like well how do we make this different well we don't just have one guy we have a thousand variations of the one guy and it's all every variation you deal with is a little bit different Rugs, what were you just saying? They should go back to the comic book source. This is exactly what they do in the comics. It's goofy as fuck. I always thought it was weird. There is that panel in the comics. Yes, where we will. The kings we will get to that. But, well, yeah, the 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 all the it kings. Is, King has yeah. yeah. It's a convoluted Kang storyline. I love that they made this. I thought the suit looked great because it's even goofier in the comics. It's brighter. But there, let's get to this post credit scenes. It cuts to three kings talking in uh, uh, some kind of environment that a lot of people said look like. The end of Loki, where he, the castle that he who remains like part of maybe mm. is, but we see Rama Tut King, which is like the right. first appearance of, of, of King in the comics. Uh, we Egyptian see, basically. Yeah. Right? He's like a Pharaoh. We see, yep. um, Scarlet Centurion, which is like the cyborg looking King. And then you see fucking Immortus King, which is another King that wants to kill all the Kings and rule the timeline. And they're all talking and they're like, Listen, the Avengers have dipped into, they're like, they have dipped into the multiverse. They have to be stopped. And it cuts to the recreation of that panel, a large theater filled with thousands of variants of Kangs. And I was like, holy shit. Like, imagine all these Kangs just coming in and attacking in Kang Dynasty. That's fucking wild. I thought that was great. Uh, I enjoyed that, yeah. that postcard scene. And all those Kangs oh, look oh, great. Mostly for the fact that it's just. It's so, like, if you watch the first Iron Man and then you're watching something like that yeah. 20 years later, yeah. you're like, where the hell did this go? Oh, it is gone <laughs> way out there. But where the fuck is this? And we're dealing with the part of the Marvel comics that goes out there that it's like, you know, I was never into the cosmic stuff, but they do this wacky shit. And it's kind of fun. Well, p- piggybacking on Ruggs's question, do you think? The casual fan will be like, yeah, I'm in on that. Look at all those fucking I don't know. Jonathan Majors everywhere. I don't know. There were all Jonathan Majors. I don't know. I think it's going to like confuse, maybe intrigue a lot of people. Or they're going to just be like, what the fuck? Uh, the fuck? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't imagine. What- I, I admit, I'm having more fun talking about it than I did watching it. It was wild. And then I love the second, <laughs> the end credit scene uh, that cuts to the 1920s at like a show, uh, a, a traveling show. And the character of Victor Timely, Jonathan Majors playing another version of Kang. And fucking Loki and Mobius are in there, and Loki is scared. Uh, and he's talking about shaping time. Uh, and th- clearly, this is going to lead right into Loki season two. Is that Kang Prime, do you think? So that's the mm. other thing. There's a Kang Prime. In the comics, this Kang, Victor Timely, travels to the 1920s after being defeated by the Avengers. He goes there to hide. He founds the town of timely Bounds. wisconsin he <laughs> founds it he creates it uh and also another nice easter egg timely comics is what marvel comics oh, was yeah. called before it was marvel comics right but victor timely is just like hanging out and he builds uh advanced tech back there so he can defeat the avengers which king is that i don't know is that king prime there's a king prime so that's the great thing about the kings is like they will work together but they also want to kill each other because they only want to be the one well, there's a direct tie, dude, of, like, we know that he's Nathaniel Richards. Right. Who's, which is yes. 
Fantastic Four, Fan- yes. great descendant of Franklin Richards and, or uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards, possibly a descendant of Doctor Doom too, in in the comics. Right. We might also get Iron Lad at some point, which is, Who is Iron Lad? a young Avenger. Oh. That's a, the adolescent version of Kang that oh. learns about his future self and wants to prevent oh, it from happening. He wants to be good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a wild, I mean, it's a wild storyline. Did they fully execute it where I'm super excited about it? A little bit. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited about Kang. I don't know, if, as we discussed, if he, this was the right format for the movie but i understand that they wanted to do something different and make the ant-man movies which have been pretty you know small stories uh no pun intended into i guess a smaller story pun intended because they're in the quantum zone but actually bigger so i get why they did it i just uh yeah it was just, it's just an okay movie well and it's interesting because that's what every critic was saying citing why they didn't enjoy it maybe they're fatigued with marvel movies the fact that they were looking for, like, the first two movies, a smaller heist movie. Oh. But I like that they kind of went for a different swing. Yes, a lot of the characters kind of get sidelined, you know, but we get a lot from Janet and Hank and uh, the daughter, uh, Catherine Newton. She was all right. She was a very cliche teenager. But I thought I love the relationship. I, I loved in the beginning where she's giving him shit for, like, doing something with his life where he's just doing nothing. She's like, do something meaningful. And, you know... All their motivations, very one note. Scott is just like, I have to protect my daughter. Hank is just like, I love ants. Janet is just like, I got to tell you something, but not now. <laughs> uh, Hope, I don't know. She, she just swoops in for like one scene. Was she in the movie? Yeah. yeah she's, it's, it's crazy to me that the they have, in, yeah, they she's call it Ant-Man the, the Wasp, movie. she's not doing shit. And, the, you know, but that, okay, and, yeah. that storm, the probability storm scene, I thought was fucking fantastic. That was so imaginative with the tons of of ants of of uh, Scott Langs, and then how it shocks Modoc that they all kind of band together and help him. You know, he's like they shouldn't be able to do that, but trippy as fuck. I love that him falling apart and getting big. Well, Scott's whole thing is the the arc for him is that he's all about family, but Hope wants him to actually be a hero, right? And to do the right thing, even though it's not just for your family, just to do I mean, it. They, they, it's pretty overt. They yeah, spell it out yeah. millions of times, yeah. so it's not subtle at all. No, that, and he gets the there. Thing. He gets there at the end where he's like, "I'm gonna do the right thing." Uh, but so yeah, I mean, it's a lot of flaws, but uh, it, I feel like it has finally some impact on the MCU moving forward more than all the self-contained post-credit scenes we've been getting in the past few movies. Yeah. Yeah, you can certainly watch this movie, look back at some of the stuff. Might not make, still not be like point A to point B, make all the sense in the world, but at least you can look back at this movie and go, okay, I see Loki. I see Doctor Strange. I see um, Spider-Man No No Way, or what is it? No Way Home. You know, I see that, oh, I get it. These, this Council of Kang is a saying that the Avengers keep touching the multiverse and they need to like kind of stop them. Like if, if you wanted that, like if you wanted some tie-ins to other stuff, yes. now you could see it. And then you can also make the ties to other things in the future, like I mentioned, like Fantastic Four, Loki 2. So now you're p- potentially getting some ties. I did see a lot of theories too that um, perhaps Shang-Chi's yes. uh, 10 rings are either circular. A lot of rings in this movie. Perhaps those are the beacons yeah. that are Kang's technology that are the beacons sending out to Kang. I also saw some stuff about the Bengals and Miss Marvel yep. being Kang technology. So there might be threads there now that you know we didn't have before that you can you can 
tie a little bit. Uh, Shang-Chi also took, takes place in San Francisco, uh, along with the first two Ant-Man movies. But it also takes place in a pocket realm. But I'm, I'm, the big thing is the, the 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 Ten Rings perhaps could be Kang. Well, the, you know, his, leftover technology. His, his his fortress has circles. When she opened that door, it lit up like circles, kind of like Eternals. Also, yeah, all the also geometry like Eternals. in Eternals. So, and then yeah, Miss Marvel's bangle, the rings. They're all there's all some kind of cosmic uh, connection. So that's that's a, that's all I wanted. And they started doing it again. Hey, they gave it to you. Yeah, they gave it to me. <laughs> I fucking enjoyed it. Geek I was like, finally. I just felt. I just felt overly frustrated. Like totally, the, yeah. the, the the way I can make an allegory is like if you're going to like let's say you're at like Great Adventure at your theme park, you're waiting for rides, and you're on. You know you're gonna get on the ride and you're gonna have fun once you're on the ride, but the whole process of waiting on the line and let's say it starts downpouring rain and you're like, oh, this is making it worse <laughs> to get to the ride. <laughs> That's what I thought this movie was. This thing. It's like it's like uh, I felt like it frustrated me to a point where. When I got finally got to some things that are really interesting, I was like still like trying to dry myself off, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, OK, I just, you know, I, I waded through some like really like frustrating and boring ass shit to get here. <laughs> and the payoff was fine. Yeah. It wasn't like there was no payoff. There was actually a, some decent stuff going on, but I, I can't forget about what I just I didn't do it enough where I forgot about what happened prior. So. Um, I I can't say it's a terrible movie or like as I said, it didn't leave the Marvel universe in a worse state like the Eternals did. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually set up some nice stuff, so mm-hmm. it's so it, it did its job. You know, it didn't really like uh, it's I don't think it, it it it's uh warranting like this bad like Thor: Love and Thunder was way more of like I was vehemently pissed off when I fucking got <laughs> out of that movie. I was like, this what the fuck are they doing? This mm-hmm. shit is ridiculous. Like, wh- what the fuck's going on here? I was like, oh, all right. Like, listen, yeah, that's some silly shit. Like, uh, Modoc was bad, like a little <laughs> bit too bad for me. Like, I really didn't like Modoc at all. But like, um, but I was like, you know what? Like, it it felt like a real movie. It felt like it was they were trying to do something. So I can't really fault them for making an earnest effort, like to to tell this go. kind of complicated story. I just was bored and frustrated by some of the writing and i didn't like modok and i didn't like cassie either because i felt like her expression never changed no it like, doesn't the entire <laughs> it, doesn't, film. it doesn't at all she's either she has two expressions in the whole movie really i can, yeah, only, I can so see her it, two front teeth this entire time <laughs> yeah it was just she was she's she's attractive she's There's cute, nothing wrong with, yeah. yeah she's you know she seems to embody the character but i just feel like her facial acting is just terrible like i just i couldn't i'm like when are you going to be feel, when am I going to feel like either like you're, you're scared? Like I don't, she's always got this like happy go lucky look on her face. It was, it was great weird. to see her get big though. And I love when they hugged. He's like, I feel like I'm hugging Godzilla. It was kind of funny. Which line was that from? That was when she gets big and, and Scott's still big. And he's like, Oh, oh my God, you got big. You want to know something though? They didn't do a good enough job with that because I didn't even know that they were big when she, when he said uh, that. Yeah. It might've been, I mean, he was smashing. Oh, yeah, Cause things. it was a, it was actually like a wide, a wide shot, shot yeah, when they yeah, hugged. Yeah. So it yeah. looked like they were just normal size. Yeah. But dude, when yeah. he got big and he was just smashing buildings and then he pulls out that platform and stuff like that shit was dope. That looked great. I thought that was exciting. Uh, yeah, was what, was, what was the deal? That was the only, that was another thing that was a little odd was he can still get big, but he can't get big enough to get out. Um, <laughs> why doesn't he just get bigger? No, that's, right. yeah. that's way too big. No, you're talking about 
varying quantum levels of bigness. So, so they, he guess he got him. It's like he was so quantum. Well, here's another big plot hole. Uh, doesn't time pass differently down there? Remember that he talked about how he thought he was there for five hours. It was five years. She was yeah. there for 30 years. How long did that feel? But then they come back out and it doesn't seem like uh, any time Anything's has different. passed. Yes. So it's it's just convenient writing. So, yeah, the writing's all over the place. Look, there's yeah. a lot of holes. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. They're not gonna, they're, yeah, they're not going to explain the physics of the quantum realm. No, now all, whatever they want. Yeah, all it. that shit is out the window. It's all loosey goosey. Whatever. As long as you give me a fun ride and a good time, and I felt like I read a comic book. Uh, you did. I was satisfied. I was satisfied. <laughs> I did. And it was. You were also quite high. I, 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 yeah, that helps. Mind if I do a J? I recommend that before <laughs> it will make you enjoy it. Um, but uh, other than that, the great post credit scenes. Uh, okay, let's just rate the movie and rank it. Uh, Anthony, oh, rank it. Yeah, loose rank it. Out of thirty-one, oh, it's hard. I haven't actually put it in the my rankings yet. I should do that. Ooh. So I'll just I'll give it a loose ranking. Yeah. You you took you said the line and I'm going to steal it from you. But I watched the movie and I felt like I watched a comic yeah. movie. Yeah. I, I that's a great line and I think that's in a exactly good way. what I saw. Yes. Yeah, in, in a good way. And that like it, this is a wild like you we're talking about and we're talking about variations of Kang coming back to potentially destroy the multiverse like okay whatever this is, this is kind of a wild movie <laughs> uh totally all over the place at times still it's a little questionable to have kang lose i get that it was boring but i also laughed a lot and i also enjoyed the the end battle with kang getting attacked by ants and modok so overall i'm gonna give it a six and a half out of ten okay well all right solid uh, okay. Yeah. Just okay. Loose it's ranking fine. out of the Ant Man movies. What would you say? Oh, out of the Ant Man movies, I think I said it. I might. I'm still debating if I like it better than the first one. I'd have to rewatch it. So right now, I'll say it's the second best. And then as far as Marvel movies, I'd say it's a mid tier, maybe a mid to lower tier, but not low tier Marvel movie. I mean, it's so hard. There's 31 now, right? Yeah. There's a lot of them where do you slot in? Okay, rugs. What are you gonna give it? Yeah, I I was bored a lot of the time in the beginning, mostly too. Like I was, and I was frustrated at this the Janet Van Dyne stuff. Um, I did like the new characters that they put in, and I thought they were cute. And I I did like uh, some of this uh, quantum realm bad guys and the aliens and the Star Wars. You feel like you were talking about. Um, I like Kang. I didn't like Bodok. Uh, even though there were some funny lines there, I don't think that I'd make that trade off like for having a sh- like really jarringly bad. Well, he's off. dead now too, right? Doesn't he? Does he die? Yeah, he I, I, I don't know. Who knows? But like, um, <laughs> you're like a brother. Too. And, and, and the uh, <laughs> I'm I'm dying in Avenger. It's like I, I still don't like even when we talk about Kang's like motivations and what he plans on doing. I'm still a little foggy on it, and mm-hmm. I felt like that was a failure of the script as well. So I think. Writing wise, it's it's really bad. I think as an experience, it ends up being okay. Even, but there there are some boring parts. So I'm going to say uh, it's a six for me. Okay, there you go. And um, you know, six is like you know, it's okay. You know, it's meh. You know, it's a little bit better than average. So um, out of the Ant Man movies, uh, it's the best Ant Man. Oh, you think it's the <laughs> best? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the biggest one. The biggest one. That, uh, yeah, that I mean, like that la- that middle one was like so underwhelming. Yeah, and that first one was fun. 
but uh, also underwhelming to me in a lot of ways. So this one like had more bang for the buck. Sure. Uh, I see that. And it, it's more important that you watch this movie than the other ones. The first one's funnier. Yeah, absolutely. By far. And, and feel like it feels like a, a totally different kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, as far as the Marvel and it's in the middle of the pack, it's towards the, towards the lower end. But I mean, I would rather watch this than like Captain Marvel. I would rather watch this than the Eternals. I would rather watch this than uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, yeah. I think it's like tied with Dark World. Oh, that's or, kind of the low end. Though, I don't know. No, because actually I rewatched Thor Dark World. Bad. It's not that bad. It was the worst Marvel movie at that point when Marvel movies were great. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, you're and absolutely so right with that. if you rewatch oh. it, you'll see, okay, M- Malekith or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah. I can't remember pronounce yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, he was, uh, he had, he needed a better propping up. Mm-hmm. But everything else kind of is fine. That Loki fake you out know? at the end is is great. It's, it's, it's an interesting point you said that, that. It was it was shitty amongst like a lot of good stuff they were doing, but in comparison to what's coming out now, it, it shines a lot better. Yeah, I think it does just as good as this movie. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, so I don't think Dark World is the worst now. Wow! <laughs> I think that there's... Wow! I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it yeah. I'm gonna give it a, a a decent seven. Like, yeah, and I agree with everything you guys said, but I had fun. Yeah, there's lots of uh, flaws, but essentially it was a fun a fun ride. Kang being here is great. I'd love majors in this role. Uh, maybe it should have just been a Kang movie. I, I'll put it. It's close to the first movie. I like the first movie a little bit better. It just has a certain charm, but it's definitely better than the second movie, which is completely forgettable. And uh, yeah, same thing. Mid- middle of the pack of the 31. Mid to low. It's so hard to rank them. I put it. I put it twenty one in my ring. Oh, just right out of your top twenty. That seems about right. That's it. Because I was like, does it make the top twenty? Maybe almost. Wow. Scratches it. So that's about right. Okay. Uh, let's do some news from the nation. We have more thoughts about Ant Man. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> Stinks! It stinks! It stinks! Look, this movie clearly we t- the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's d- it's become a very divisive movie, which I find very entertaining and kind of surprising. So, and this is reflected, I think, in our comments here. Uh, Ron Han says, "I can't wait to hear at least Rugberto Bambino shit on how bad Modoc was." I and you did, you did you got well, you got that paid. I'm starting to have <laughs> reservations on the future of Marvel for the first time Ooh. in a long time. John Campia also on his latest podcast, he said Marvel has lost its magic for him. And, you know, his points were valid. I can see where he's coming from. What do you guys think? I don't think it's completely gone. Have they lost their way? I think there's still room that they can they can uh, write this. I think the three of us are not that far off on our opinion of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I might like it less than you guys, but I don't hate it. Like, I, I don't think it's a failure. So yeah, we kind of are all middle of the road. And I feel like that's weird that we're all kind of middle that's of the road. Like point. we liked it, that's but like, point. we're not like fucking like, Oh my God, this is like a, a tour de force. I think that we were even more positive with, uh, 
Black Panther than yeah. Wakanda Forever yeah. than this. Yeah, we were we were more like kind of you know excited about Marvel kind of getting its shit back together. I don't know. I feel like that the Marvel a uh, brand is suffering a little bit, and I think that um, I don't know. Some people are more optimistic about it than I am. I'm kind of like be trying to be realistic about it. I'm like, what is really going to change? Yeah. I don't know. Um, as I said, they, they had all these kind of hurdles where they didn't have all their characters and this and that people dying, you know, uh, killing off, uh, their main characters are getting rid of like their main pantheon of people and trying to install this new group. They have a lot like they have to kind of overcome yeah, here yeah. and. They've gotten bad press. We're watching them work through these hurdles, right? And it's reflected in the thing. Well, yeah. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, have they lost? Has it lost, have lost its magic? Now, Campia sites, like for a while, between a, a number of years, they were putting out literally banger after banger. Everyone, yeah. right? No, yeah. If, if you're expecting banger after banger and like hit after hit, they have lost that magic mm. for sure mm. because. The TV shows really did that, and mm. then you throw in some me- mediocre movies, and yeah, they've lost that magic where it doesn't feel like every movie or show is going to be a hit. Um, but I think I don't know if they can ever completely get that back. Yeah, but I, I still remember like coming out of a theater in less than two years ago, out of No Way Home, and thinking, "My God, Marvel's got it back." Yeah, right. Like so, I think another good movie, like another stretch of. Good movies where they do two or three in a row yep. that are really pretty good. They could be I think back. they can get back some mm-hmm. of that goodwill. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't sound like it's affecting the box office. That's for sure. No, sure. Okay, moving on. Justin Zwerner. So, we'll Justin Zwerner says, I'm hoping they kill off Hope Van Dyne's haircut. LOL. <laughs> not like, you know what? I didn't like it at first, but it was. I was like, it's fine. It looks. I, I didn't notice because she's not in the movie. She's barely in the yeah. movie, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, another comment about killing people, like you were talking about, Rugs. Rick Martinez not the ending I was expecting. I did not want the heroes to win. I was also expecting a death in the Ant-Man family. And yeah, yeah they have almost gotten us to expect us like somebody's die. I mean, in the next thing we're going to get guardians uh, where they're saving up for that, where they're just going to wipe out everybody. Uh, Jamie Robinson has a very important comment that we didn't bring up. No, Lewis. Oh, shit. Luis. Uh, Mike, Michael yeah, Pena was, missing. That was weird. Big miss. Was he in the second one? He, he was. He was. The ex-cons. Right. Kurt. The, the small G and his Kurt and Pena was in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It would have been nice to see Lewis, but they were barely on Earth, so I don't know how you're going to... We could put him at the end. Okay. Daryl K says, some of y'all are going to roast me for this, but here it goes. This movie was more entertaining and better paced overall than Wakanda Forever. Oh, shit. I'd rank this one in my top 20. Wakanda Forever is mid for sure. Agreeing with him. Rick Martinez, he says better pacing than Wakanda. Blake Braden also says spot on. I can name a handful of MCU movies that were reviewed more favorably than this one that aren't as good or entertaining. I legit dozed off in the middle of Wakanda forever. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I like Wakanda forever. I think it's a better movie, but um, I totally get that Wakanda forever's face pacing can be really weird. I feel like that Wakanda forever had a little bit more. Um, gravitas oh yeah. yeah it was so it kept me more like compelled to watch grounded right and just heavy yeah, yeah. so yeah it could be it, it was plotting along for sure uh but uh i was bored more about here by the bad writing mm. i was just like oh come on like we're this convention of her not telling it like i'm bored now like like you're not really 
you know, building anticipation. You're just pissing me off now. What I was, so. I was so high. I wasn't bored once. Maybe that's. <laughs> I can't. I was like, no. I was into every second of this. I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Smith says it was a decent movie. Could have done without Modok. I like the Star Wars meets Ant Man feel. It's a fun time at the theater with my family. Look forward to see where they go leading up to the King Dynasty. Uh, on the other hand, we have Jose Barr going a big meh for me. It was just okay. Better than its RT score, though. Jonathan Majors as King was the highlight, but at times I felt like he was in a completely different film. Yeah, I That's agree. a lot like Christian Bale in Thor and Love and Thunder. Same thing, right? Yeah, true. Uh, he says a much better film than this, uh, that he was in a different film, a much better film than this. I wish it had ended with Scott or Hope sacrificing themselves to stop King rather than him being defeated. It's hard to see him as the big bad now after losing to a B-list Avenger. Yes, but there's thousands of Kangs out there. But he must be the most dangerous. They exiled his ass. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, he did the... Scott got him with the old, the oldest trick in the book. The same thing he used on Darren Cross. Just smack those things on him and shrink him down. Uh, Bruce Hoyu says it was enjoyable. It advances the overall MCO plot, including Kang. Made me laugh a few times. Got me rooting for the heroes. Even Hank in this one. It was not perfect or life-changing, but who expects that from a Marvel movie? Good point. Or an Im- Imran O'Hughes. Imran O'Hughes. So I love, like, again, <laughs> back and forth uh, all over the place. He probably also smoked weed before. Uh, yeah, probably. See. Bruce, I'm your man. Blake Braden just says, can't wait. And he posts that uh, panel from the comic of the Council of Kings. Here's an interesting one from uh, listener Dirk Wood over. I got this on Instagram. He says, hey, Imran, another fun fact you could maybe use for the show. And I don't reckon anyone would have picked up. E from the Eels, this is a band called the Eels. E from the Eels had a cameo in the San Francisco Street intro. He was the dog, the jogger with the dog. He says, I'm a massive Eels fan. Thought you might be too. Definitely your vintage. So I nearly choked on my popping corn when he showed up. I got to thinking later and it reminded me, having read his autobiography, his father is responsible for the theory of parallel universes and was sort of a mad slash troubled slash quantum physicist slash genius, not unlike Hank Pym. He says, nuts stuff. Keep on keeping on, dude. You know, you remember e- that the band Eels Rugs? Yeah. That song, Novocade, Novocade. Yeah. Uh, Mark Oliver, what's his name? He was, uh, he had a cameo in this. So I don't know what he looks like, to be honest. It's just dude. like a dude with a beard. All, all those guys in the bands look the same to me. They they're, do. They're lanky and <laughs> they look like musicians. They all look like, are you in Weezer? They're not distinct. Yeah. yeah. Like, is he the guy from he Weezer? He looks exactly or? like that with a beard. But, uh, yeah. fun that Dirk would pick that up. Uh, Eels is a good band. Okay. Good stuff. Let's finish with some. What are we watching? Uh, Last of Us, we've gotten episode six. Oh, spoilers. Spoiler alert. Just in case everybody's caught up, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, not an action-heavy episode, but a very good character episode. A little bit of action at the end. Felt a little bit rushed in the end. Um, I've been doing this fun thing. You guys are going to hate me. Because I can't wait to find out what happens because we are past where I've played the game. So I am concurrently watching gameplay of the game while watching the show and i'm at this wow. i'm at the same exact point now <laughs> in the youtube video as where the show ended but it's so interesting to see what they, they what they change and how they get through things yeah and you see right. you see that a did lot they, in this they, is it different in terms of i don't i don't remember the game him having that moment of weakness with his brother where he's like i can't no her. he he does he remember oh, he, he, does? he he tells he wants her to take him and then she runs away and you have to go find her 
There's more oh. horseback riding stuff in the game. Got it. And then he makes up his mind. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take her. I'm taking this horse. Thank you. And they're off to the University of Colorado. So Got they it. changed some things like that. Apparently that the, where that camp, that awesome commune in Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah, you never go in. There. That's from the second game you see. But you yeah. do meet Tommy. He gets reunited with Tommy and his wife, Maria. Uh, but then some of the dialogue straight from the game where she's like, you're the only one that didn't leave me. Everybody's left me. That all that bit was it's straight line for line from the game. So and then how it ends, how Jill gets injured a little bit different. And then but now I'm like, what the fuck? Are they fucking killing Joel? You can't kill Joel. These fucking this is I know in the game you start to play as her a little bit. So that's where we're at. But I'm st- it's still a fucking great episode. What do you think of the episode, Anthony? Yeah, it's 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 still riveting TV for me. Uh, even the fact that like I played the game, I don't absolutely remember everything. But then as the episodes play out, I go, oh yeah, that's kind of from the game. Yeah. So I think they're doing a good job. I think I like the dynamic they're building. They're it's making me feel like these characters are you know, um, not falling in love because they're not romantic, but like in starting starting to care for yeah. one another. Father daughter. I like the angle with Joel being like a bit scared to protect her yeah. because he's like, it reminds him of his daughter. Yeah. And I like, I think they're just doing everything really well. They're executing it well. And even though there's not a ton of action, I, I don't necessarily need a ton of action in this show for me to be entertained. So overall, just another solid episode. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to it every Sunday. So there wasn't even any clickers, right? Just more Raiders, bad humans. Yeah. yeah. I was watching the show and I was just like thinking, I'm like, are there going to be clickers in this episode? Yeah. I'm like, uh, are they going to just put them in or are they going to, you know, encounter anything? And they didn't. And I was like, and I didn't mind it at all. Like, you know, it was fine. Um, I think that the last episode gave us enough clickers and clicky stuff. Mm-hmm. And that last, yeah. like, yeah, uh, it's, big raid. It's good that they save it. That It's good. Yeah, it's good to, like, not have to do it every single time. Um, show's very good. And uh, I'm... Shocked by this um, stabbing that yeah. he he's, he's Joel is taken out, and that's kind of weird. But that happens in the game too. How are they going to get out of this? How, yeah. yeah, how are they going to get out of this in a way where it seems legit? Well, the trailers so. for like uh, the next episode are like heavily Ellie is featured, and maybe it's like her backstory. I don't know if it's a, there's like all these other kids. I was like, what the fuck? When is this? Where's Joel? Mm. but man an injury like that an impaling in that kind of world uh you're gone i love the dialogue that they pull from the game where he's just explaining things from the old world you know mm-hmm. she, he, he's explaining how football works and she's like is uh, back there in jackson is that how the world was before and he's like no no it was way too big for that uh we all had jobs and had to do shit we didn't want to and stuff so uh, that that little bits of dialogue are always great and the settings are great and like you get to the snow part of the game uh, that people remember. So yeah, it's fucking still solid. What three episodes left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, I, I it's like doing well. It's doing well. You should watch yeah. it if you have. Yeah, it is a good show. Uh, uh, let's go back. We last week we talked about Physical One Hundred. Uh, did anybody catch up? They put out two more episodes of the best. No, I'm only. I have one more episode before I get. I'm caught up. The, so. the best Korean game show you are not watching on Netflix right now, <laughs> listener. Now there was. I, I I said some wrong things last episode, and I yeah, and I didn't realize it until I saw the new episodes. Rugs, did you watch any of the new episodes? 
Uh, I don't know. Seven and eight. <laughs> so perfect. Seven and eight are out, and there's only one more left that's coming out this week. It's the final. Episode. I uh, I don't. I think we're at. Uh, we're past uh, the boat thing. Yes, they finish up the boat thing. And then what's the next uh, competition? Then it's the challenges it? based on Greek mythology. Yes, which, which is very um, cool. Uh, yeah, is that the one where they they have to run and stuff? Yeah, they got to do a bunch of things, hold the ball. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've only finished. I haven't watched that eighth episode, so tr- don't spoil. Run back and forth. Okay, I'm not gonna. So yeah, I did. I did watch uh, that episode. Yes. So uh, not the newest s- one. I don't think the newest somebody one. did catch my mistake, and it was listener Brian Goff uh, over on Instagram. He wrote in, goes, "Hey, Imran, I'm sorry. I just had to point out that you are a little off with your time when discussing the physical 100 boat pull. I'm surprised Rugs and Anthony didn't correct you either when you said it took them 18 hours." Dude, it was 18 minutes. Oh, shit. No, when he says stuff like that, I just don't correct him. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I probably wasn't even paying attention. That's for you guys. To you do. definitely <laughs> weren't paying attention. He says, could you imagine how much longer this series would have been if it took 18 hours? They would have shown us like 16 hours of that. Uh-huh. Anyway, great recommendation, Anthony. Thanks, Brian. I read the timer wrong. I'm an idiot. I fully admit. Yeah, there's no way they're doing that. 18 <laughs> hours. But then that made it even more impressive. I was like, holy shit. They did it like less than 20 minutes. Pull this fucking boat. I'm an idiot. And I didn't. Well, it's a contest. Yes. They got to- I didn't realize yeah. that until they're, they're not out for a Sunday stroller. They, they tallied up the scores <laughs> and finished the, the these are the supposed challenge. to be the most fit people in Korea. Yeah. I, I mean, two tons seemed very heavy. So does seem happy. anyways, I loved back to that boat challenge. Uh, what was interesting is how close that third team with an injured person and like four women, how close they actually got because they did the one thing that I was yelling at the screen to do with the other two teams. When, What's that? when you have the boat on logs, you do, mm-hmm. do not need to do the rhythmic one, two, three push. You go one, two, three push and you just keep fucking pushing because the thing is rolling now and you well, got the, momentum. The problem though is they'll, they'll, you got to, Get the back. You do have to get the, the logs, but I feel like you you could do longer pushes, and they you can, yeah. and they did that and got the boat across. Really, would fast. you realize that in the moment, though? I don't know. I think maybe I don't know. Once you'd see the momentum, maybe not. Watching it, I was like, oh my god, long push! You need a long push. But then when you hit that slope, the fucking game is over. Yeah, it's tough. That's if that slope was impossible, and even that second team had trouble. Well, the thing is though, like. They said it's only two minutes. Two minutes is a long time. It, yeah, it's I guess not exactly it was. a close yeah. finish. Well, but the first team did it in thirteen fucking minutes. <laughs> I know that first team was, that was killing killer. it. But well, they, what yeah. they did was they lifted the boat. Yes. off the, yeah. the thing. They moved it quicker. They put it on yeah. the logs yeah. instead of pushing it on the pushing it onto the logs. Oh, right. They like one, yeah, two, three, lift, lift, push, and yeah. lift and push at the same and then time. Long push when it's on the logs, and then keep right. going. But. Fuck, fun show. Yeah, I can't wait to see. I won't spoil. We're down to just only a few people. Yeah. So they're going to come out with one winner and uh, oh, still good. Uh, anybody watch? One winner. Anybody watch anything else? Yeah, I watched two What'd things. Watch? One is a very familiar uh, film and the other one is uh, something that I just threw on and uh, uh, it's Lupin the Third, the First. It's on Hulu. Oh, I heard about this. Is that the familiar it's thing, a- or, the, or the thing you just threw on? That no, that's the thing I just threw on. Okay, this is uh, I've heard about this. It's uh, Lupin the Third is a uh, long running anime manga from Monkey Punch. That's the name of the guy who he's named Monkey Punch, uh, and it's basically like a uh, a master of disguise uh, super thief, and um. Kind of like a 
a lighthearted Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider like type thing where he's always on this uh, trying to steal something and then he gets involved in some kind of bigger thing. This one was a uh, like DreamWorks level 3D animated uh, film. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's exciting and fun and it's lighthearted. It was okay. It was like an okay film. It wasn't like a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but it was very like enjoyable and had a lot of action that was like like uh, ridiculous to the point where Fast and Furious was like, "Hey, we're gonna do like impossible shit, and you're just gonna buy it because it's a ridiculous cartoon." And you do. I mean, there's times where I'm like, "That would never happen," but like, yeah, you're watching a fucking loop in the third cartoon, so. That was kind of cool. It reminds me of like Speed Racer a little bit in that stuff. Yeah, it was, it, it was, um, yeah, he's very cartoony. I like that it's called Lupin the Third, the first. Lupin Three. Yeah, this is, yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. So, uh, if you haven't even watched that, that I would check that out. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. It's, okay. It's dubbed. Okay. Yeah. And then I watched Superman again. The Get first out, one. Really? Good old 78 yeah. Superman, huh? That fucking movie is just. Great? Well, you want to know something about the movie? It's like, it's good overall, but like, I think that first hour is fucking incredible. Like it is everything that every comic book movie isn't doing Mm -hmm. it. Like when they made man of steel and um, they just rushed through it so fast and it didn't give it the weight that it needed to. And there's something about it. Like how, well thought out Jorel was and like he knew that he was sending him to this place. He knew what was going to happen to him. And you hear like Marlon Brando while he's like in the ship flying oh, yeah. towards earth and, and he's like, just downloading all this information yeah. into Clark or, or into kal yeah. Like, okay, you're going to be stronger than them. You're going to be able to do this. This is forbidden. Don't go, through, go back in time. Don't do this. Is that like, and he goes through the whole history of humanity. Like, he knows yeah. And I'm like, wow, they really like put pack so much of like storytelling and character building and like this. And then he, when he finally goes to the Fortress of Solitude and talks to his dad, that like all that stuff is like is so powerful and just great storytelling. Like if you love Superman and you wanted to really get your you, you're like that, they understand the character, they understand Kryptonians and all that whole thing. It, it's it's great. It's just so it's so good, and uh, the rest of the movie's great too. But I mean, that f- for me is like uh, when they get to finally Clark gets to the Daily Planet, it becomes more of a conventional film, right? But um, that interview with Lois Lane is great. That back and forth. I always remembered like in the Smallville part when he's running with the train and the girl sees him and then he hops across. I just always as a kid I was like, that's fucking amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's just so well done, and the filmmaking is it's just earnest so... and like sincere. Yeah, and, but it's also Christopher Reeve, right? Like, what what a perfectly cast guy! For well, it. he's not even in the first That's part true. of the movie, which That's I like. He's not even in it, so it's like Christopher Reeve is great. Uh, his greatest part in that movie is that he fills out that suit, yeah. and he's great at transforming himself from Clark to to Superman and. He's great in that scene with uh, Lois Lane where they do the interview. That was oh, just, yeah. he's, he, he, you know, he did a great I mean, job. It's Richard Donner, right? There's a, 
I want to see his uncut, the Donner cut. But the fact they got Brando for that is also still crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you haven't watched it in a while, you should give it a spin. And like, it's boring. Like, I mean, as far as it moves very slowly, yeah. it's it's because it's at that pace in the 1970s. It's right. Like, that's right. just how movies were yeah. made. Yeah. It's like, very 70s. People had a longer attention yeah. span. Yeah. You set the atmosphere. People were like, okay, this is what we're doing. I love it as a and, time capsule, too. Like, people are smoking inside and you see those old ass foam boots and shit. Yeah. You remember, like, the deer hunter, everything? Yeah. That yeah. yeah. Space. It's like this. Same yeah. thing. It's, it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, you have to go in knowing that, but I just think it's such a classic film and it's such a great, I mean, even Luthor was well thought out. Like the fact that he was in this like abandoned subway yeah. and it was like a mansion though. Like every once in a while you catch yourself going, oh, that's a big mansion. I'm mean, like, Oh no, it's, it's a fucking subway yeah, station. That's awesome. And um, I just, yeah, I, there's so many great things to that, that film. It's so great. Um, If you haven't seen it in a while, I would put it in uh, it, there's just it's it's worth watching so it's an all-timer man uh anything you seen anything fun oh no that was about it okay all right then we're good here good to go rugs where can the listener find you online you could find me on twitter at really rug boy come by follow please you can find links to everything listener at our website in the show description for this show jockinerd.com Go there, click it. Uh, but the most important thing to do, share the show, send it to a buddy, a geek friend, send it to someone who also enjoyed the Ant-Man uh, as a mediocre film that it is. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. That's a big fuck up right there. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Jockin' nerd! You're still here? You're still here? It's over! Go home! Go! Go! Go home! It's over! Get out of here! Go home! Alright? Leave! Leave! I'm calling the cops! Get out of here! Get out! Well, I, it, the ending of Ferris Wheel wasn't that long a thing, but uh, go! Go! Get the fuck out! Uh, he didn't say that either, but that's me ad-libbing. Okay? Just go! 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 Go!